Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right, love the topic today, and honestly, it really kind of came up, and it's, it's been rolling around in me for a little while, uh, partly because I have a grad, but this idea of visions and dreams, what does God have for us? And, and, and I want you to understand that anytime we preach the word on a particular subject, it's not for a specific group of people. It's for everybody. Isn't the word for everybody? It's alive, so don't check out because it may seem like this is a, a message for grads. It's really for every believer because God's speaking to us all the time. So he has a vision for us. He has a purpose for us. He has dreams he wants to impart to us about our life and what he has for us. And so I want you to really open up your heart and lock in this morning because I think it's an appropriate message, a very timely one. Not just because we're talking about, we, we celebrated some grads, but the time that we are, the timeline of the world that we're in, we need to hear and see from God, Amen. And as we get ready going into the summer, I think it's a great message to kick our summer off and then will help us as we grow throughout the summer not be on cruise control, Christian cruise control or whatever that is, that we're purposely preparing and positioning ourselves for what God has for us. And, and again, as we walk through the things that we have for you this summer, in August we'll celebrate our 37th anniversary. We'll have our special guest Joe McGee with us. So it's gonna be incredible. And we're gonna spend some time, amen, and we're gonna gather the church and spend some time in 21 days of prayer. So we are serious about what God's doing in and through us. I want you guys to get a vision and a heart for it. So let's start by going to Proverbs. Love Proverbs 29, the book of wisdom. I learned a long time ago, my mom said, read a proverb a day. And so in Proverbs 29, you read that. On the, on the 29th of the month, you read that and, and uh, get that inside of you. But in Proverbs 29, 18, I love this scripture. We're going to look at the message paraphrase. If people can't see what God is doing, now listen to this, if people can't see what God is doing. If you can't see what God is doing, because God is doing something. It's not we're waiting on God, it's not like, what's your problem, God, what do you got going on? It's like, we gotta figure out how to see what he's doing. So it's not on his end, so God's doing stuff. So if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves, and can I tell you, that's all of us at some point in time or another. And maybe a lot of us right now, we're wondering, what's the deal? What's going on? And why is this going on in my life? Can, can, can maybe some of us relate to stumbling all over ourselves? We don't know what's going on. Can I tell you, maybe it's because we're not seeing what God is wanting to do in and through us. Because he's always wanting to do something in and through us. And we, we want to look at other things and blame other things perhaps, but I want you to see how important it is for you and I to position ourselves to be able to see what God's doing so we don't live a life of chaos and we don't live a life stumbling around. But when they attend to what he reveals, he is revealing things to you. Grads, he's revealing things to you for your future. You need to see. If I could say anything to the grads, everybody in here, but you need to learn to see what God sees. You need to learn to see what God is revealing. And then get on board with what God's doing because he's revealing things for your life. When they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We will live the most blessed life possible as God intended when we see the way God sees. Amen? Come on, that was a whole lot better and you just responded right there. I'm just telling you that. When we see what God sees, we'll live the best blessed life possible. The best life, you see what I'm saying? All right? When we see that. And here's the thing. In the world we live in today, this is so appropriate and so timely for today. Let's take a look. Here's what I mean by that. Let's go on to the next passage in Acts 2.17. In the last days. I don't know what you think, but I think we're getting pretty close to the last days. I don't know he's coming tomorrow. He could. Things are lining up. That's what I know. I don't know. But any end time 
people in here that like all that, I like all that, studying all that, but you can look at the scripture and you can look at the things that are happening in the world today and things are lining up, I'm telling you. And so we are in, or on the edge, on the verge, or in the last days, wherever you fall there. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now understand God's already given his spirit. When you get born again, we get his spirit, amen, and we get the Holy Spirit, right? So what he's saying is the closer we get to wrapping this thing up, and Jesus coming back again, I'm gonna continue to pour and pour and pour in a greater measure into you. His spirit's already come, but he's now he's gonna increase some things. You see that there? I'm gonna increase. The closer we get to the end, I'm gonna increase some things. Well, what are you gonna increase, God? What are you wanting to pour in a greater measure into my life? He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men and young women will see visions, and your old men and old women will dream dreams. So if you read this right, what is God wanting to pour in us? He's wanting to pour more visions and dreams into us, or he's wanting us to see what he's doing and what he wants us to do. The closer this gets to the end, he's like, come on guys, I need you to see, I'm gonna increase visions and dreams in your life. I want you, I will, he says, your sons and daughters will see things they haven't seen, and your young men and young women will see things they haven't seen, and your old men and old women will see things they haven't seen. Come on, that's what he's talking about here. He says, as we get closer to this thing wrapping up, the time we live in today, God is revealing himself to you and I in a greater measure. Why? Because he wants you to be the answer to this world. Because here's what we do. We're like, God, this world, you need to come and change this world. And can, can I tell you, God's not coming to this world until he comes in the second coming of Jesus to take everybody home. Until then, you and I are the answer. And he's saying, I need you to see what you need to be doing, especially the closer we get to the end of this. And so God's revealing things to us all the time. We need to be able to see, that's my job. My job is to help you see what we're not seeing seeing right now because God is revealing himself and we need to be able to see what he's doing and wanting to do in us in these last days. I think it's the best time to be alive. I'm excited about you know, my graduate or whatever, man, the world today, what's it gonna be like in 10 years when I got another one in two years from now? It's like, I don't know, but here's what I know. The closer we get to the end of this thing, man, the more things they're gonna be seeing from God. More things, they're, pictures they're gonna have, more things God has for them. I'm excited about that. I love that, I love this. I, I, I love this topic. I, 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 I dive into it all the time, my personal study time. I listen to guys that preach on this all the time because I wanna know what God's wanting me to do and I wanna know how to lead this church. And I got a graduate this year. I, I, want them, I, want them to, I want her to follow God's plan, not da- Dad's plan. Kinda, okay, okay, somewhat, but. Well, God to support my plan. But anyway, so, and I have a soon to be 17 year old, but, but listen, we, we, need to, we need to lock this in because God's showing us and revealing things to us about the future, and I love this. So when you study visions and dreams, you study a prophet named Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, or however you say that, right? Kind of a cool name, Habakkuk. And so he was a prophet, and prophets in those days revealed things. And, and you might use the word, in fact, if you study, you'll see the word use, uh, seer might be a word that you might use, because, because uh, prophets saw things, God revealed things to them about the future, and they would share those with kings and things of that sort. So here we see in Habakkuk 1, you can turn there, Habakkuk 1, we see the prophet Habakkuk, and he starts complaining to God about the condition of the world. The world is terrible. There's terrible things going on. Don't you see what's happening here, God? Where are you? Aren't you doing anything? Can't you see what's going on? Let me tell you, God, what's happening around here. In case you didn't know, he's asking God, where are you, and why aren't you doing anything about the world today? So here's God's response. Habakkuk 1, starting in verse 5 through, we'll go 5 through 10. Here's what it says. 
Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. And really, we, he could say it today. He could say, hey, Tree of Life, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. Hey, Tree of Life, turn on the news, see what's going on in the world today. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. <laughs> I love that. It's like, and you wouldn't even understand it, but he's saying, I got a plan. I'm going to show you the plan, but I got a plan. I'm not nervous about what's going on in the world today. And he goes on to say this in verse six, and here's why, because I'm raising up Babylonians, and basically what he's saying is, I'm not intervening right now. He's, he's like, I'm not gonna intervene right now, you are, but I'm not intervening right now, so I'm not doing anything about it. I'm gonna come in the second coming, but in the meantime, you're here. I'm raising up the Babylonians, and listen to this, that ruthless and impetuous people. Now understand where Babylon is back in that day is today modern day Iraq, modern day Syria, modern day Iran, Afghanistan, you realize that whole area is, was Babylon back then. So basically, what is he talking? He's talking about, hey, can I tell you? He's talking about ISIS. Come on, tell me the Bible's not relevant to today. I mean, he's talking about everything that's happening today. He's like, uh, now listen to how it says this, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own, they are, are feared and dreaded people, they are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. This is God telling Habakkuk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. Who's that sound like? They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities by building earthen ramps. They capture them. So Habakkuk explaining to God, and he's like, hey, God, I want to tell you what's going on. And God says, let me tell you what's going on, Habakkuk. And so he's complaining, hey, God, what's your plan? And God turns around and says, hey, you're my plan. You're my plan. Listen again, God's not going to come do anything per se himself until the second coming of Jesus. But until then, it's up to us. He's working in and through his people. He needs us to see it. He wants to work through us. So let's take a look at Habakkuk 2, verses 1 through 2, good, good news translation. Now, so here's Habakkuk's response to God basically telling him, let me tell you what's going on because you're the plan. You need to see this. So here, let me give you five things in these two verses. When we read these, I'll go back. Five things that will help you get a dream from God or understand a dream from God. Uh, here, let's read this. I will climb, here's Habakkuk's response. I'll climb my watchtower and wait to see what the Lord will tell me to say and what answer he'll give to my complaint. Verse two, the Lord gave me this answer, write down clearly on tablets what I reveal to you so that it can be read at a glance. And we know that scripture worded differently. Write the vision down so you may run with it in verse two. But listen to what he says in these two verses, going back to verse one. The first thing he says is, back in verse one, I will climb my watchtower. What he's telling us there is we need to withdraw at times. We need to pull away from the activity of life and we need to find a place that we can connect with God. And we need to do that. In fact, every day, I mean, I don't know if you have that place. That would be my, when's the last time you withdrew from the, everything in life to find a time to connect with God? When's that time that, that you took a break from the busyness of things to connect with God? Uh, you know, <clears throat> You need to get away from the noise. And we do this in the natural. 
My family and I, we just got back from a trip. Callie turned 18, graduated. We've been saving planning. So we took a trip Monday through Saturday. We just got back. And we were ready. I was ready. Can I be honest? I was ready to get away from everything and just kind of disconnect for a little bit and just kind of get refreshed. You know, we do that physically and we do that emotionally. But can I tell you, there's times that we need to be a, take a vacation spiritually. We do. When we, vacation is vacate. We vacate this environment to, to see and experience something different and something new for a different perspective, a different view, if you will. Can I tell you that there's times we need to do that spiritually. We need to get to a place that we disconnect from the noise and the business and the routine of what we see and do and experience all the time so that we spiritually can be refreshed. Your spirit needs to vacate. It needs to get alone with God. It needs to get out of the noise and the distracting environments. You need to find some alone time with God. Jesus did that in Luke 5. He often withdrew, the Bible says, to lonely places or quiet places and prayed. Places where the action wasn't happening. Number two, what we see here. Number two, let's go back to the scripture. I will climb my watchtower and wait. Number two, wait. We need to learn to wait on the Lord. You know, I love this scripture that says, be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that I am God. What it implies right there is, can you really truly know God without being still at times? And there's so many distractions in our life that we won't settle down. What do we say? What's going on, man? What, how are you doing? I'm busy. I'm busy. And anymore, it's like a badge of honor. Everybody's busy. We're afraid. If we don't have anything going on, we're not going to tell anybody. What are you doing? I'm busy. How are you doing? I'm busy. How's your week? Busy. How's your, what are you? Nothing. I got nothing. I'm not doing anything. We won't tell anybody that, right? Because it's like busy. We want to be busy. Can I tell you, we got to find times that we can just wait on the Lord. Because you know what happens when we get busy? Our prayer time goes out the window. Our spiritual time, it's the first thing to go. We're too busy to pray, too busy to read the word, we're too busy to connect with God. Uh, Psalms 46, again, let me give you the reference on that. Be still and know that I am God. It suggests you may not really know him without being still and quiet. Psalm 62, not in your notes. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. Wait quietly. When's the last time we waited quietly for God? It's just that I'm listening, Lord. Goes on to say this then, verse one. I will climb my watchtower and wait. Now listen to this phrase, it's interesting. To see what the Lord will tell me. Wait, 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 to see? Don't you mean to hear what the Lord will tell me or to see what the Lord will tell me to say? Can I tell you what I, what I, what I believe he's saying there? Another translation says to, to look. And what I believe is that we need to, if we're gonna position ourselves to, to hear or see that dream rather, that God's trying to impress upon us, impress upon our life, show and reveal us to see what God's doing, is we need to get in his word, we need to read. You wanna know what God's doing and what his will for your life is? Guess what, you need to look in the word. <laughs> you need to look in the Bible. I want something new, God, I want you to give me something new, show me something for my life. And he said, I already did, it's in 66 books right there in the Bible. And so we need to spend some time before we want to see something new or something different for our life. We need to get in the Bible and read it and find out what he already wrote. What did he already write in his word? Read, read God's word, the Bible. We're waiting for a word and he's already given it, the Bible. So I, heard, I wish I could claim this as mine, I can't. But this is a powerful quote. Stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. Stop listening for a voice and start looking for a verse. We're asking God to speak to me, and he already has. And can I say this? Let me say this, this is the pastor here at Tree Life Church. 
The church needs to return to the authority and power of God's word, period. We need to live by the authority and power of God's word, not by people's opinion. God's not unclear in his word. There are too many opinions going on out there. We need to get in and stay in his word to see what he's doing and to see what he wants us to do. Read God's word every day. You eat physically every day. You need to eat spiritually every day. Get in his word every day. Get something for the day. The Bible says, give me this day my daily bread. God's speaking through his word every day. Number four, let's look at verse two. Verse two says this, the Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I revealed to you. Write it, write, write it down. Five practical things. Number four, write it down, write it down. Get in the habit of writing it down. When's the last time we wrote down something God impressed upon our heart? Listen, I'm not a journaler. Did I say that right? I'm not a journaler. I don't journal. I don't, I don't. I'm trying to do that more because God speaks to us. And can I tell you, we need to get in the habit of writing things down. God speaks and reveals to us things that he impresses on us. Well, God's just not speaking to me. Can I tell you a lot of those impressions and things that when you go to sleep at night, you may not wake up and say it's a dream, but there's something that was there. You may be sitting there and kind of checked out on everybody else and you're seeing things. That could be God impressing something upon your heart. Like I said, I don't don't do a lot of journaling. I'm trying to do more, but I write things down all the time. In fact, you can ask my staff when I come to staff meeting, I usually have about four notepads with me because I'll write something down at the office and then I'll take it home and write it down there. When I go back to the office, I left it at home, so I gotta get another notepad out and I'm flipping through notepads and pages. I'll be here just a minute, give me a minute. But you need to get to the point where you're writing things down. It's important. The Bible says write it down. Get in the habit, get in the practice. You know, I'd say it this way. A lot of us might call things like that like a bucket list or something. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter what it is, write it down. God will reveal what's from him and what's not. That doesn't mean everything you write down is from God. But you'll be impressed to do certain things. You'll be led to do certain things. You know, things that obviously, I wrote that down. I thought that was God, but now that I see it on paper, that's not a hit. Or this one I had written down, I didn't think it was God, but I keep getting drawn back to that one. Might be timing. Can I tell you though? Habakkuk is saying, if you can't see and you're stumbling around and you want to see because God wants to use you in these last days, he says, write down things that are impressed upon your heart by God or just impressed, that are impressed upon you. And then you can sort out, let God sort out whether they're from him or not. You know, one of the things about, you know, with the grads and stuff, I just, it'd be interesting if you sat little kids down and they start writing down their dreams and stuff of being astronauts or firemen or a lot of things like that. It'd be amazing. A lot of those things I believe will be led of the Lord. And then life gets in the way, detail gets in the way, and courses are changed and things like that. I, I think we need to be more purposeful when we write things down and hold on to those. And here's one of the reasons why. Because the last point, here's what it says finishing out that verse, so that it can be read at a glance, so you can review it. You need to go back to it. I don't know how many times I've gotten some old notepads out or things out, and I've read it, and I, man, I'm so glad I read that again. I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten about that. Things that God will encourage you, things that, that will help you with direction and get you back on course. You need to go back and glance at it from time to time. The things that you, I, I dare say there's people in here that you wrote things down years ago that if you were to go find it, you'd say, how did I ever get away from that? And, and that it will inspire you and motivate you again. Maybe revive that dream in your heart. But Habakkuk is saying, hey, there, here's some practical things that we can do to help us with our dreams. The bottom line is, if we want to show up in heaven one day and we do and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, 
We need to apply some of these things to our lives so we can be doing what God's revealing to us. Because he's gonna ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you, what did you do with what I asked you to do? So we need to follow that out because he's revealing and as the day gets closer to the end, he's revealing more and more and more to us. We need to see what he's doing. And now that's the practical side. And let me give you a few things on the spiritual side to help you. And those five things you, you need to write down, take the heart and, and operate in. But let me give you a few other things. Let's take a look at the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Here's a prayer. You need to pray this prayer every day. I'm telling you, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, put it on your mirror in the bathroom, put it on the refrigerator or where, and you need to pray it every day. Pray it over me, I'll pray it over you. Let's do that. But here, let's read it. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, listen, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the ability to see when you can't see, so that you may know him better. Verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, that you are the hope for this world. He's gonna come, he's gonna send Jesus at the second coming of Jesus, but until then, you're the hope. He's gonna pour out in a greater measure things that you need to see to realize that you're the hope so you can be doing things that will help this lost and hurting world. You're the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. We are individually and we are collectively. We need to see what God's seeing as individuals, as families, and as churches so we can do what God's wanting us to do here on the earth. We're the answer to what Habakkuk was talking to God about with his complaint. God says, you're the plan. You're the hope. It's you. That's why people, and I love how it says there in verse 18, you can bring up 18 again, or here it is. <laughs> the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Your heart has eyes, and it needs to see some things. And that's why people can look at the same thing with their eyes, but see different things because of their heart. And so you have a part of God's plan, and you're the hope he's called you to. So how do we do it? How do we see it for ourselves? How do we do it together? There's a story in 2 Kings, great story. You can read it in its entirety. Uh, chapter three, starting in verse nine. It's a story, three kings come together to go to war against one king. And let's just take a look at it, starting in verse nine. It says this, so the king of Israel set out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. After a roundabout march of seven days, the army had no more water for themselves or for the animals with them. After a roundabout march for seven days, after they circled something, for seven days, what does that sound like? Come on, remember your children's church flannel graph, right? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling. So after, so, so here's what they're doing and here's what we'll do if we're not spending time with God and getting vision for ourselves or fresh vision and, and dreams. Here's what we're, we're gonna do what other people have done or we're gonna do what we've always done and listen, you can't have an old strategy for today. They marched around for seven times and then no, no walls came tumbling down, no enemy was defeated, they ran out of water. I mean, it's like, you can't do what you did before. That's why you need to do those things we talk about so you can know what God is speaking to you today. We need to be able to see what God's doing. We need to listen to him. They were in an old vision, an old dream. You know what, God doesn't usually do the same thing twice. Have you noticed that? You only see one time the burning bush. Wouldn't it be great if that's how he spoke to you? You didn't know for sure that was God. Okay, is that burning? Okay, that's God, right? But then we'd all go to the first church of burning bush, right? That's, we'd worship that. So God likes to change it up. And so that's why 
you need to see what he's doing today. And he's pouring more out, remember? He's pouring more out. The closer we get to wrapping this thing up, he's pouring more out. Okay, Second Kings, uh, let me finish out this story right here. What? exclaimed the king of Israel, has the Lord called us three kings together only to deliver us into the hands of Moab? But Jehoshaphat asked, is there no prophet in the land here? Is there no seer? Is there no one that sees the things that God's revealing here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Elisha said to the king of Israel, why do you want to involve me? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. No, the king of Israel answered, because it was the Lord who called us three things together, kings together, to deliver us into the hands of Moab. Elisha said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve, if I did not have respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I wouldn't even give you guys a time of day. You're lucky I like this Jehoshaphat guy. He's a pretty good guy, pretty cool. Or I wouldn't even give you the time of day. That's what he's saying here in the, as we finish out that passage of scripture. And let's take a look then at 2 Kings 3.15. So here is Elisha's response. Chris, could you come out please? It's Chris Siegel. He's our band director. Don't you appreciate our worship team and stuff? Hey man, I was thinking. You got a bigger applause first service. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But anyways. Okay, but he says this, Here, here's, here's what Elisha is saying. So they ask him to get, a, to get something from God to, to, what, to what should we do. And so uh, look what he's doing here. This is, this is genius, look at this. But now bring me a musician, this is Elisha. Now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Here's what he knew. And here's the other guy, he's like, what are you doing? You're a musician, why, why do you need me? We just, can you just pray and go see God? Listen. When you get into that place of the presence of God, that's where dreams are birthed. And so I have Chris up here. Chris, why don't you just play something for us? Just him playing that changes. Did you feel that? Just him playing that changes things. Okay, Chris, you can stop. And there it's gone, right? <laughs> And I know what you're thinking. Could you just let him keep playing? Yeah, we will in just a minute. But it's like when you get in the presence of God, that's where dreams are birthed. How much time are we spending in the presence of God? And it can be as simple as putting on some music and going up to that place where you withdrew. And so you're waiting there on the Lord and you put that music on and you're in that place where you can dream. Go ahead. You can play. Play again. You feel it? It just changes. Dreams are birthed in the presence of God. And Elisha knew that. Elisha said, I'll help you, but I gotta get in the presence of God first. The moment he started playing, the whole room changed. Let's go on to verse 16. And he said, and now, now he has his answer from the Lord. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. And to which they must have said, what? We wanted you to pray for rain. And you're telling us to go dig ditches? No, you're missing. We're, we have no water. We're tired. We're burned out. We need some refreshing. We need some rain. And I love this. Elisha didn't pray for rain, but he got the picture God had put in his heart. And he shared that with them. And here's what I want you to know. If you want to believe God for something great, 
God needs you to move. God needs you to do something. God always requires a step of faith. Always. That's why you got to see the picture and then you got to act on it. See, many times when we're, we're, we're looking for something, we want God to, to do something, we're, we're just waiting, 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 waiting. But when we get that picture, then we need to act on it. Because here's why. Dreams go from inspiration to participation. Dreams go from inspiration to participation. So when you get a dream, you got to wake up and start living your dream. You got to wake up and start living your dream. Some people never wake up. Some people want to stay in that dream state. There's a lot of sleepwalkers. They're just walking around, but they're doing nothing about the dream God put in their heart. So you get to that place, the presence of God where dreams are birthed, and then you do something about it. You take that step of faith. Wake up and do something. Our dreams have to have some kind of action attached to them, a step of faith. Let's go on. Here's the finish the story. For thus says the Lord, listen to this, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Wait a minute. We need water, and we're out there to dig ditches. You're telling us to dig ditches, but we're not going to see anything happening. We're not going to see anything happening. You know, earlier, and and, and I don't know if I've heard at this service, but earlier in first service, we heard thunder. Wait a minute. We're not going to hear thunder, or we're not going to look at the sky and see lightning and see it darken. We're not going to feel the breeze that always comes before the rain, and we're digging ditches, and we need water. I love that. Here's why. You need to know dreams continue regardless of what is seen. Dreams continue regardless of what you see. He goes on to say this, finishing it out. He says this, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter. It's easy. God's the God of the impossible. Nothing's too difficult for God. Whatever it is, whatever dream he's put in your heart, whatever obstacle's in your way, it is a simple thing for God for you to do. But you got to step out and do something. And if you've been digging ditches for 10 years, keep digging. Don't go by what you see because we go by the word of God and God is the God of the impossible. We're not moved by what we see, feel, or hear. Keep digging. It's a simple thing from God. And can I tell you, let's not shortchange God. That's just kind of big and crazy. I don't know that that's really God. Let me back that down a little bit. Why? Everything is simple for him. I think we're not dreaming big enough dreams. We're not praying big enough prayers. We're not stepping out in big enough faith. It's simple. Let's not bring God down to our level. Let's dream big, audacious dreams that require great, incredible faith. And let's just be willing then to step out. And let's keep on keeping on, even when we don't necessarily see the results in the time that we want, know the rain's coming. And if you've dug the ditches, he's going to fill them with water. It's a simple thing for God. You need to continue on dreaming. Let me, let me close dreams continue regardless of what you see. Can I tell you, that's a word for somebody. I don't know what it is. I don't know what your life has been like. I don't know your disappointments. I don't know your hurts. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Things haven't turned out the way that you'd wanted or hoped. I feel this strongly in my heart. 
Keep dreaming. Keep digging. Trust Him. You may not be where you saw yourself today yet. Your marriage may be different than you ever thought. Your, your kids, your, your job. Keep dreaming. It's a simple thing for God. Don't be moved by circumstances. Keep dreaming. God is a faithful God. Every head bowed. I want to pray that Ephesians prayer over us before we close this out. I want you to close your eyes for a minute and dream. Just right here. Just listen to the music. Quiet your mind. Quiet your emotions. Just for a minute and dream. I pray that God would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so you can see what he's seeing so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened that you may know the hope to which he's called you. The significance that you have, the value you have, the purpose, the destiny that you have here. That you can be a part of the glorious inheritance that is yours. pray that you're salt and light on this earth. I pray that you stir the passion, the dreams that are in you like never before. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.